Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. When you're a kid, there's nothing like a surprise, especially when that surprise is very random. In the early 80s, I was given a gift by my next-door neighbor, a neighbor who I didn't even realize knew I existed except for the interactions he had with my parents. Him and his wife were a bit older, and they were kind of quiet, and didn't do too much around the neighborhood. So I was really surprised when one day he came over to my house, was talking to my mom, and said he had something to give me. And it was some He-Man figures, three of them to be exact. It was Battle Cat, He-Man himself, and Skeletor. Perfect. Three toys to get for He-Man, which at the time I wasn't collecting at all. I was deeply into Star Wars and G.I. Joe at the time. I thanked him profusely. It's amazing to get toys out of nowhere. And he said, no problem. I never knew why he gave it to me. My mom said, well, that was nice of him when he left. And I never really heard from him again, although whenever I saw him, I would thank him. Unfortunately, I didn't get much time to play with the toys, and that has always bothered me and probably affected my decision to not collect He-Man toys as they went forward, although I was a big fan of the cartoon, and I even liked the movie that they made. We had a place down my block that was a wonderland for kids. It was basically an abandoned lot, but it also housed the place where all the storm drains in my section of town would go to, and I guess they would be treated and strained and then about once every hour or every other hour these pipes would gush forth with water that would blast into this little canyon area and then they would go off into a river that ran near my town once you figured out how to circumvent the fence which was a joke it was one of the best places to play because you had water you had sand which was all over the place that you could dig around in and it was very isolated and quiet So after I played with my He-Man figures around the house, a little in the yard, I decided to take them down the block to play with them. Now this would be my first encounter with bullies that would plague me for years afterwards. I went down there with my toys in a bag, started playing in the water area, built a little fort out of sand, and started digging little caves into the hillside. And then suddenly I heard, hey kid, what are you doing? There were these three kids who were older than me, looking at me strangely. They approached me and asked me what I was doing. I said, playing with my new He-Man toys. They said, isn't He-Man a little childish? And then they proceeded to pick up the He-Man toys and throw them into the water. Now, I ran to try to grab them. This water was kind of deep. Later on, a friend of mine would fall in. I guess, actually, all of us would eventually fall in at some point. And it turned out you wouldn't easily hit the bottom right under where all the pipes were. Although, I'm not so sure it was great to swim in a place where all the wastewater was going. But I digress. As I said, this water floated out to the river, and that is exactly what started to happen. And it moved pretty swiftly. And while I think He-Man and Skeletor sunk, and maybe still down there today if that place is still there, Battle Cat floated, and I watched him slowly disappear into this pipe as they held me back. I wish I could say that I did something brave, like I tried to fight back. At this point, no, I just really wanted my toys, and instead fell in a sandy mess at their feet, and they laughed, laughed, laughed. Thought it was hilarious. I was very upset, 
and I would never ask for any more He-Man stuff, which is unfortunate because the He-Man toy line was incredible, and I love the animation, but I think I might have been a little traumatized by the event of losing it, and perhaps thought that having these new toys would make me relive that moment of loss, of helpless loss. I'd like to say there's a moment of redemption at the end of the story, but there is not. Like many other things in life, they just affect who you are. I guess the important thing is, as you get older, to not let them affect you forever. If you're young, and you happen to be listening to this, or even maybe old and listening to this, and you lose something that you could potentially love, don't give up. Just stick with it. Don't let people take something away from you that you like. You'll be happier in the long run, and hopefully, if it's toy-related, you'll get to play with some amazing toys. Like the toys we're going to talk about in today's episode, which is all about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, He-Man has gone through many incarnations over the years and is still pretty active. We're going to concentrate on the original Masters of the Universe cartoon and toy line. We'll talk a little bit about some of the other properties involved. It is a huge topic to cover, as I said, so there might be episodes down the line where I come back to this and talk about some of the other projects that involve He-Man. I especially would like to go further with the movie, which I'm a big fan of. So what will we talk about on today's show? Today's show we'll talk about the cartoon, where it came from, how it happened, same thing with the toy line. We'll talk a little bit about some of the later animated series. There's so much toy stuff to talk about. We'll try to concentrate on just the first wave of toys, the ones that I got to play with briefly and would occasionally get to play with with my friends. We'll talk a little bit about the comics that came out related to He-Man, the movie that I like so much, the original series release on DVD, and a few fun things that we'll throw in here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. So just an overview about He-Man. It is a fantasy sword and sorcery cartoon and, of course, toy line and comic line that takes place on the planet of Eternia. The show's main character is Prince Adam, who is the son of Eternia's rulers, King Randor and Queen Marlena. Prince Adam has this power sword, and when he holds it aloft and says, By the power of Grayskull! He is transformed into He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Together with his buddy Battle Cat, who is transformed from Adam's pet Tiger, who happens to be cowardly, although I'm not sure how cowardly and Tiger go together, they fight the evil forces of Skeletor, along with assorted other good guys like the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, Tila, and everyone's favorite, Orko. So how did Masters of the Universe come to exist? In 76, 
a toy line was brought to the attention of Mattel's CEO, Ray Wagner, and he declined, and that toy line would be Star Wars. The movie trilogy would go on to massive success, still going strong today, and all the merchandise around it sold even better than the movies. At this point, Mattel decided to get into the race to try to come up with the next great toy line that could compete with something like Star Wars, and they would go on and launch a whole bunch of unsuccessful ones. He-Man himself got his start from lead designer at Mattel's preliminary design department, Roger Sweet, who had a simple idea. He would come up with a very basic character, very strong-looking, and it would be a character that you could use anywhere, sort of, you know, a He-Man, good for any job. He used a big gym figure, which was a toy line that Mattel had, and put him in a battle action pose and added lots of clay to make him more muscular. And from that, plaster casts would be made. Those would be made into prototypes, which were presented in 1980. This is the earliest existence of He-Man, not a toy yet. Now, there was a lot of rumors that He-Man was inspired by Conan the Barbarian, This rumor stipulates that Mattel had a licensing agreement to make Conan action figures based on the 1982 film, but apparently, because the film was more adult than kid-friendly, Mattel decided to modify the toy away from the Conan character. This rumor has been refuted by Sweet, and from his story, you can see that he was working on this in 1980, two years prior to the release of the film the toy line would exist prior to the movie. And although there might be similarities, if you watch a lot of sword and sorcery stuff, you'll notice there's a lot of similarities. You give a big guy a sword, they tend to look alike. It got so bad that there would be a lawsuit brought between Mattel and the people behind Conan. Things got crazy with different contracts, and it doesn't really matter because in February 1982, Mattel introduced He-Man as part of something completely different the Masters of the Universe toy line. This would be quickly followed by a television series and comic books. This complicated the lawsuit even further, and it went on. Eventually, Mattel would win the lawsuit. The toy line that would come out in 1982 is referred to as the Wave 1 figures, and they're based on Sweet's designs and fleshed out by comic writers and artists like Donald Glutt and Earl Norum, who helped to not only lay the backstory, but would come up with the package inlays, box art, and mini-comics that came with the characters. And these would basically set the tone for the entire toy line, cartoons, and mythology that we know. The action figures that came in this first wave were He-Man, Man-at-Arms, Stratos, Tila. Then on the villain side, you had Skeletor, Beast-Man, Merman, and Zodak. To partner with He-Man, you had Battle-Cat and... Two vehicles were given. You had the Battle Ram and the Wind Raider. If you were very lucky as a kid, you might get what was probably the best thing you could get. My cousin had this, which was Castle Grayskull as a toy set. Wow, was that thing awesome looking. We will return after these messages. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. Not so fast, Beastman. He-Man! You can pit He-Man against Beast-Man playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beast-Man's escaping. What's wrong, Dad? Dad, you saved the castle. Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Beast-Man each sold separately from Mattel. 
Manny Faces comes with five extra weapons. He-Man and Manny Faces each sold separately. Part of the Masters of the Universe collection. From Mattel. He-Man, He-Man. Hook or face the evil hook of Trap Jaw. Trap Jaw, Battle Cat, and He-Man each sold separately. String not included. While the toy line was bubbling up, the backstory was given to Filmation to flesh out, and sometime before the debut of the cartoons, they brought the idea to the ABC network, who turned it down. Since they had turned it down, they needed to come up with a very clever way to get the show on the air. And this first show, to be based completely on a toy line, would premiere through something called Barter Syndication in September of 1983. In Barter Syndication, production companies would give the television stations a series basically for free in exchange for advertising, which shows just how much of a commercial this show was, although a wonderful commercial that has transcended its commercial origins. By 1984, the show was on 120 U.S. stations and would be seen in more than 30 countries. Why was He-Man so successful? It was well-written. It was based on an amazing toy line, but it also broke boundaries because while it was cartoony, it had the feel of this violent world. It had this muscular, powerful guy just punching people, knocking them out, never killing people, although he had that sword. He-Man usually decided to go with some sort of wrestling move, and wrestling was big at the time. He'd pick people up and toss them. While the show did seem like a bit of extended commercial to mitigate that negative connotation, they included these little life lessons, or here's the moral of what we learned at the end of each episode. And whatever the central theme of that episode, usually that's what you learned. It usually went a little something like this. In today's story, Elena tried taking a magic potion which she thought would help her. Well, she found out there aren't any magic potions. And you know what? There aren't any magic drugs either. Anytime you take one from anybody but your parents or your doctor, you're taking a very big chance. You're gambling with your health, maybe even your life. Drugs don't make your problems go away. They just create more. In addition to a great cast, which we're going to talk about, the show had some great writers, including J. Michael Straczynski, who would later go on to create Babylon 5 and wrote on a lot of great television shows. I've mentioned him a couple of times on the show. He also had Paul Dini and Bryn Steffens, both of who would go on to work on Batman the Animated Series, and David Wise, who was the head writer on the TV version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Today's show is brought to you by our local boating store. If you lose your toys in the river, you might need a boat. Get with it, get a boat. Get with it, get a float. Get a boat and go, go, go. Have more fun on the H2O. Get with it, get a boat. Get with it, get a float. 
get with it, get a book. Get with it, get a book. Could have really used that boat. While the production values on He-Man and the Master of the Universe was top-notch, the animation was often recycled, but to make up for it, they had some great voice acting talent. You had John Irwin playing He-Man and Prince Adam. In addition, he would voice people like Beast Man and Ram Man, many others. Irwin, probably best known as the voice of He-Man, but he was also the voice of Morris the Cat in the Nine Lives commercials. Alan Oppenheimer, played Cringer and Battle Cat, would also voice Man-at-Arms, Skeletor, Merman, many others. Did a lot of the voices for the Filmation characters in the 70s and 80s, including Mighty Mouse and Ming the Merciless. In 2009, if you saw the movie Nine, Oppenheimer provided the voice for the scientist. Linda Gary did the voice for Tila, Evil Lynn, Queen Marlena, the Sorceress, most of the female characters. She did a lot of voice acting for lots of cartoons, but did a lot of stuff, especially for filmation. She voiced Jane on Tarzan, probably best known, though, for her work on He-Man and in the sister series She-Ra, Princess of Power. Lou Schemer voiced, along with George DeCenso, pretty much everyone else. Lou was a producer at Filmation and played Orko, King Randor, Stratos, Mossman, Trapjaw... Any other character who needed to be made, he would step in, take that role. If you were a fan of the New Adventures of Batman, you might also recognize his voice as Batmite, amongst many others. While He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was criticized by parental groups, it is probably the most successful animated series ever made by Filmation. So popular was it, and so effective at selling things, that they would do a spin-off of the series, She-Ra, Princess of Power something I could probably dedicate a whole other episode, and probably will. She-Ra is a female version of He-Man. They are related. And what it was supposed to do was do the exact same thing for a line that boys would like to a line that girls would like. That didn't mean there were not crossovers. There were crossovers in characters, and also I think most boys liked watching either of them, at least the boys I knew, myself included. In 1990... The New Adventures of He-Man was released, along with a new toy line. The show was a continuation of the original show, but had a much more dramatic shift, which kind of created a discontinuity with the original. Although the quality of the animation is much higher. You had years between the two, and it looked like a higher budget. In 2002, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was resurrected once again. What was great about this series was that There was some amazing character development, and you got to see characters from the toy line that had never made it into the original series. I wonder if this has to do with the fact that they actually brought back original writers from the first series to work on it. I wonder in their head if they had been working out origins and stories all that years and finally got to put them out there. And now, this message.
now. A raging terror grabs hold of the universe. Monstroid. When Monstroid gets wound up, it grabs, it lurches, it spins, and thrashes. Because just like Hordak, it's bad. I'll stop it. Monstroid. Masters of the Universe, you put it together, action figures sold separately from Mattel. It's a grabber. Open the jaw, Grace. The powers of evil control Castle Grayskull. Oh yeah, Dad, watch Ram Man's power. I'll get us inside, He-Man. Ram Man, He-Man, and Castle Grayskull, each sold separately. You have to put the castle together. Ram Man, use your head. I just did. Not that way. We have a prisoner. Good. Who's the prisoner? You are, because we have the power. Oh, no. Ram Man and He-Man from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Castle Grayskull also sold separately from Mattel. He-Man got a lot of its backstory and characters from comic books. Originally, all the original action figures came with mini-comics that told stories involving the characters, and a lot of their manners and info about them was established there. Later, DC Comics would publish a special insert in its comics in 1982, which talked about the Masters of the Universe, and in DC Comics Presents number 47, Superman is transported to Eternia and teams up with He-Man, and would later return for another adventure. In 1986, Marvel Comics put He-Man out on its star imprint. I loved this series and wanted it to go on forever. A long-lasting Masters of the Universe comic is still slightly out of reach, there have been many attempts to get it off the ground, and from what I understand, there is a new upcoming attempt, and we'll see how that goes. Maybe it'll lead to a relaunch of the cartoon, maybe a whole new toy line. You never know with He-Man. At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them to get down and brought to me! Across the face. Police! Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm gonna need some backup. Can you show us the way? Of They have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe. Live the adventure. When I saw that trailer, I was very excited. In 1987, a sci-fi fantasy film based on the toy line came out, starring Dolph Lundgren as He-Man and Frank Langella as Skeletor. Along with that, you had Billy Barty as Gwildor, Chelsea Field as Tila, and John Cipher as Man-at-Arms. 
Now, the film came out in 87, years after the cartoon and toy line had really reached their apex. It debuted at number three and had a budget of $22 million, yet in the U.S. it only grossed $17.3 million and is considered a flop by many. A lot of people have criticized the film. I kind of liked it. I thought it was a very comic booky sort of feel to it, and while it wasn't necessarily true to the He-Man stuff, it had its own thing. I kind of wish that they didn't have to work off He-Man to make it. I would prefer that it had been something else, that they didn't have to adhere to this He-Man mythology when they made it, because I think people would appreciate it more and kind of like it. And if you're a fan of comic books and comic book movies and you haven't seen it, I think you should give it a shot. If you've dismissed it in the past, maybe check it out again. It's on DVD. You might be able to appreciate it more in retrospect than you might have at the theater at the time. Speaking of DVDs, the original series is out on DVD. The series was originally released by BCI Eclipse in 2005-2006 as a four-volume set. They had a lot of special features, including documentaries, commentary, trivia, character profiles, all that fun stuff. In 2009, BCI Eclipse ceased operations and they were discontinued. Then in 2010, Mill Creek Entertainment acquired the rights and re-released the series on DVD. In the only difference between... What you saw on TV and what you see on the DVD is that in the pilot episode, Diamond Ray of Disappearance, there's some footage missing because of the master tape being damaged. Now, the funny thing is that the footage is missing, but it hasn't been lost. It still exists in other media that's available. But because of the rights to who owns the masters and who owns everything else, it was prevented from being inserted back into the DVD release. Perhaps when they do a Blu-ray release, maybe they'll restore it and get He-Man back to its perfect release state. He-Man was a great show, great toy line, I think fun movie, fun comic. It has everything going for it. If you have never collected anything related to He-Man, why not take a look? I think once you get started, you'll see it's a lot of fun. And there is not a flea market or garage sale that I go to that I don't see some sort of He-Man figure lying in a box. Pretty cheap, often in bad state, but it shows you, as a collector, it's very accessible and you can get started right away. As fun entertainment goes, it can't be beat. And as the mythology develops, I think you'll find yourself getting more and more deeply engrossed in the Masters of the Universe world. It is one of those great staples from the 1980s that has continued to evolve and win over new people as generations come and go. Will we have He-Man in 2030, 2040? I think so. I think the show has that sort of timeless characteristic, and it'll be interesting to see people discussing a show made in the 1980s as a toy line with half a century of mythology behind it. The past is fun, but the future is going to be very interesting. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear during the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend.
power of Grayskull. By the power of Grayskull. By the power of Grayskull. This has been a Retro's production. Goodbye.